You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of July 14th, 2019, the podcast that sails across the bubbly waves. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's circumstantiate the news of the bogus. We've often covered the horrible things that Customs and Border Patrol does, and we were doing that long before Trump took office, by the way. It's never been good. This time, journalist Seth Harp of The Intercept talks about the violations he experienced as a U.S. citizen returning home from Mexico this past May. He was pulled over for secondary screening, which we've covered before. It's basically arresting and interrogating you without officially arresting or interrogating you. The agent grilled him, wanting to know what story he was working on, which is way outside of their constitutional authority. It's not only a Fourth Amendment violation, it's a First Amendment free press violation as well. So Harp told him that he was under no obligation to disclose that, and the agent threatened to keep him there all day if he didn't tell. According to Harp, quote, A bespectacled supervisor named Lopez made an appearance. In a polite back and forth, I was told that I was not under arrest or suspected of any crime, and my citizenship was not in doubt. But if I didn't answer the question asked by the incident officer, I wouldn't be allowed into the United States, which I later learned was an empty threat, as CPB cannot exclude American citizens from entering the country. In retrospect, I was naive about the kind of agency CBP has become in the Trump era. I uh, hate to break it to you, Harp, but we were covering this kind of thing during the Obama era, and it all sounds the same to me. So Harp told them that the story was about which restaurant had the best guacamole in Mexico. By the way, it's El Parnita in Mexico City. They did not like that. The officers made it clear that they were detaining him indefinitely. According to Harp, quote, When I saw how mad they were, I lost interest in the principle of the thing. In reality, I didn't care if they knew what the story was about. The draft was done and my editors had a copy. All I cared about was getting home to a cup of coffee, a sandwich, a shower, and my bed. In an effort to smooth things over, I said if they really had to know, I was finishing up a story for Rolling Stone about some guys from Texas and Arizona who sold helicopter machine guns to a Mexican cartel and that I'd been in Mexico City to interview a government official who, for understandable reasons, didn't want his name bandied about. So they thanked him for letting them know, shook his hand, and sent him on his way. No, I'm just kidding. As we've seen over and over again, cooperation just makes things worse. They searched his suitcase, looked through his journal, and conducted a search of his phone and laptop, all without a warrant. All illegally. They spent hours going through his messages and videos and emails and texts and personal photos and everything else. When Harp insisted that he had the right to know what files the agent was looking at, the agent just said, quote, All of them. I'm going to look at all of them. By the way, CBP has repeatedly claimed that people don't have a right to legal counsel during these secondary screenings. Despite the agent's assurance that the interrogation wasn't being recorded, Harp found out later that there was a tape of it when CBP claimed to have reviewed the tape and found no wrongdoing. 
Remember that according to the EFF's lawyers, CBP cannot stop a U.S. citizen from entering the country, even if you refuse to comply with whatever screening they want to do. But they can and do threaten to confiscate your devices and hold you indefinitely if you don't comply. And although this is so obviously unconstitutional it makes your head spin, it actually hasn't been tested in court yet. I think the worst narrative that can be told about this is that it's all because of Trump. Like I said, we've covered stories like this, even stories far worse than this, back in the Obama administration. I never thought I'd agree with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on something, but the other day when she said that CBP and indeed the entire Department of Homeland Security should be abolished, I actually applauded. Because for once, she's right. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension, and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Here's an interesting perspective from Tech Dirt's Mike Masnick about YouTube's moderation policies and the sheer scale they have to do it at. So YouTube implemented a new policy banning hacking videos on its platform. Specifically, they banned, quote, instructional hacking and phishing showing users how to bypass secure computer systems or steal user credentials and personal data. The problem is, as we've covered, there's no difference between a hacking video and a cybersecurity video. There's no difference between showing someone how to compromise a network and showing someone how to secure a network. They all cover the same concepts and knowledge. And this isn't theoretical. The controversy over this happened when a video about launching fireworks over Wi-Fi was taken down under this policy. It was reinstated after the outcry, but solving the problem with one video doesn't fix the bad policy. So cybersecurity experts everywhere started panning it. Marcus Hutchins, who we've covered before, said in a blog post, quote, Without knowing what it is hackers do, or how they do it, how can someone possibly be expected to prevent or stop them? The answer is simple. They can't. He also pointed out, quote, One has to ask, where would we rather kids learn about computer security? At sites like YouTube, where security professionals will steer them in the direction of a legitimate job, six-figure salaries, and strong ethics? Or a shady forum where they will not only be exposed to crime, but criminals who believe that what they are doing is both legal and ethical? Computer security professor J. Alex Haldeman tweeted, I've taught college-level computer security at UMICH for 10 years, and the most important thing we teach our students is how attackers operate. YouTube's new policy will do nothing to stop bad guys, but it will definitely make it harder for the public to learn about security.
But the real issue, as Masnick points out, is having a single, centralized, and largely unaccountable organization determining what's good and bad. Quote, Some people seem to think there must be some magic wand that can be waved and said, leave up the bad content for good people with good intentions to use to stop that bad behavior, but block it from the bad people who want to do bad things. But that's not really possible. Yet if we're increasingly demanding that these centralized platforms rid the world of bad content, at the very least we owe it to ourselves to look to see if that set of decisions has some negative consequences. Perhaps even worse than just letting that content stay up. And it's so big, relying on so many different people, and it's also very opaque with no real way of appealing videos taken down under vaguely worded policies, that there's just no way for YouTube to police anything with consistency. And the more it tries, the more stuff like this will happen. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So an Italian court has ordered Cloudflare to terminate the accounts of pirate websites. Aside from every other possible complaint I could have about this, from the near impossibility of banning pirate sites like we've covered at length, to the problem of holding internet service providers liable for actions of their users, one stands out above all the rest. Cloudflare isn't an Italian company. We've talked about Cloudflare before. They're an excellent service that allows a website that uses it to be quickly accessible from all over the world. Cloudflare does not host any content. They provide security, content delivery, DDoS protection, and distributed DNS services. More on that later. They hold cached versions of your website and pass on any user requests that can't be fulfilled from the cache, like form requests. The big copyright holders hate them, like Italian mass media giant Mediaset, who went to court over it. They complained that Cloudflare offered its services to pirate sites where people could illegally download their TV shows. And since Italy doesn't have anything resembling Section 230 protections, they can be held liable under Italy's e-commerce directive. Cloudflare's response was that they're a U.S. company, and the Italian court doesn't have jurisdiction, and that Italy's e-commerce directive couldn't be applied to foreign companies. The Commercial Court of Rome rejected those arguments and ordered Cloudflare to immediately terminate the accounts of the specified pirate sites. They were also ordered to turn over the personal details of the website owners. Failure to comply will result in a fine of a thousand euros per day. Almost all of the listed pirate sites are available on new domains that wouldn't be covered by the block. The Italian court says its ruling cannot be appealed. Just reminding you that this is the same country whose Supreme Court upheld the conviction of geologists for failing to predict an earthquake. 
It's also the Italian courts who let prosecutors retry Amanda Knox for a crime she obviously didn't commit even after she was acquitted. What no one seems to understand is how they think they're going to enforce this. That should be interesting. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to read the origin story of this week's Biggest Bogun Emitter. And this week it goes to ISPA UK, the UK's trade association for internet service providers. They just named their three internet villains of 2019. One is Article 13, I agree with that. Another is Donald Trump, okay, sure. And the third is... Mozilla? Why? They say, quote... For their proposed approach to introduce DNS over HTTPS in such a way as to bypass UK filtering obligations and parental controls, undermining Internet safety standards in the UK. DNS over HTTPS, also called DNS over TLS, or DOH, whenever I see that I want to pronounce it DOH, is a way of securing DNS lookups, which is what translates website names like podcast.bogosity.tv to IP addresses like 70.32.23.4. In the past, these have been sent out in the clear, leaving us vulnerable not only to snooping, but to DNS spoofing attacks where hackers can redirect people to malicious websites. Instead of going over DOH in general, I'll just link you to a video I made called The Internet Just Got a Lot More Private, where I go over it and how to use it, which for some reason was demonetized by YouTube, but whatever. Now, Mozilla has added the ability to use DOH directly from Firefox. Just go to Options and scroll all the way down to Network Settings and click on Settings. At the bottom of that screen, check Enable DNS over HTTPS. You can leave the default at Cloudflare if you want, or if you want to use another provider like Quad9, hit Custom and put in the address that provider gives you. Mozilla will be adding more options as they gain DOH partners. And the nice thing about it is, it not only makes you more secure, it's faster as well. Turn it on and see how much faster the web gets. So, ISPA UK doesn't like the fact that you can just turn on this setting and bypass the government's DNS blocks. Funny thing about their website... When you're using Mozilla, there's a pop-up that reads, It looks like your cookies are switched off. To ensure the best experience whilst visiting our website, please consider allowing cookies. You can find out how to change your settings or more about the cookies we use at the bottom of this page. 
Except that you can't because the bottom of the page is cut off at that point. So yeah, these guys really have your best interests at heart. Right. Also, there doesn't seem to be any way of dismissing the pop-up, even though it covers up other links at the bottom of the page. So you'll pardon me if I don't want to listen to their opinion of how things should be done on the web. Anyway, they attack Mozilla at a time when Android and iOS have given options to set up DOH, and even many home routers are adding the option too. But governments and other people who want to track you and control you don't like it. The Labour Party brought this up in a session of Parliament, saying the DOH is a threat to the UK's online safety. Oh yeah, they really care about your safety from things like DNS spoofing attacks. I'm really feeling the love here. And remember that, as we covered, the UK wants to require all of its subjects to have a license to view porn online. The GCHQ, which is basically their version of the NSA, has also complained about this as part of the going dark problem, saying it will impede police investigations. Of course, they're fear-mongering about things like an internet yellow pages of child porn. How a secure DNS system would impede law enforcement or stop them from prosecuting websites that have child porn is completely unclear. Sadly, as a result of all of this, Mozilla said it would disable DOH by default in the UK. Mozilla told ZDNet, We're surprised and disappointed that an industry association for ISPs decided to misrepresent an improvement to decades-old internet infrastructure. Despite claims to the contrary, a more private DNS would not prevent the use of content filtering or parental controls in the UK. DNS over HTTPS, DOH, would offer real security benefits to UK citizens. Our goal is to build a more secure internet, and we continue to have a serious, constructive conversation with credible stakeholders in the UK about how to do that. We have no current plans to enable DOH by default in the UK. However, we are currently experiencing potential DOH partners in Europe to bring this important security feature to other Europeans more broadly. And this is a big problem. Even if they can't stop Mozilla including it as an option, just by bullying them to have it turned off, the tyranny of the default means that most users aren't going to switch it on, aren't going to know to switch it on, and DNS security will continue to be a major issue threatening everyone. If Mozilla and Google and Microsoft and Apple are basically threatened by governments into leaving it off by default, then DNS will never get secured. So here we finally have a good way of securing DNS lookups, which has been one of the biggest problems on the internet pretty much since day one, and the UK and other governments and advocacy groups are complaining because now they can't use DNS to spy on us and to block websites. Boo-hoo-hoo. And of course, the Streisand effect means that all they've done is call attention to the setting, and many people who weren't aware of it will now be enabling it. So perhaps a word of thanks is in order. But it would be better to have it on by default, and not just in Firefox, but Windows, Android, iOS, and everywhere else as well. But the more spy-happy obstructionists get in the way, the longer that'll take to happen. All of which makes ISPA UK this week's biggest bogan emitter. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? 
If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's intubate this week's Idiot Extraordinary. And this week it goes to the Oregon Department of Corrections for banning books prisoners could use to learn to code. The thing about coding is, it's not only a highly marketable skill these days, it teaches you so many other things. Problem solving, critical thinking, time management, persistence, contextual thinking, creativity, design, on and on and on. And research has shown time and time again that the best way for a criminal not to revert to a life of crime is by learning a marketable skill. So why would the state of Oregon be against it? Apparently they consider it a security concern. So earlier I mentioned that the skills for illicit hacking and perfectly legit cybersecurity are the same, so you could understand why they would ban books like Black Hat Python, but why would they stop them from reading books like Windows 10 for Dummies, Microsoft Excel 2016 for Dummies, and Google AdSense for Dummies? They marked all of these books as a clear and present danger. You're not going to learn any illicit hacking techniques in those books, but being able to use Windows and Excel are pretty much prerequisites for any job you apply for these days. And some of the blacklisted books date back to the 1990s, so the information is so out of date they'd only be learning techniques that systems have long since secured themselves against. According to Windows for Dummies author Andy Rathbone, quote, As soon as they get out of prison and have to deal with today's world when just about everything is computerized, they won't know what to do. If they can't get legitimate jobs, what are they going to do? But the DOC says that even this basic knowledge is a threat to prisons. According to spokesmoron Jennifer Black, quote, Modernity requires that we also protect our prisons and the public against data system breaches and malware. It is a balancing act we are actively trying to achieve. But you won't learn data breaches and malware from these books. And what about those prisoners that already knew how to use Excel when they got in? It's not like it's an uncommon skill. Oregon isn't even alone. Ohio and Michigan have banned books that teach programming, which is not the same thing as learning how to hack, and Kansas has a more blanket ban on technology books. But elsewhere in the country, coding classes are becoming more and more popular, as prisoners use them for at least a glimmer of hope of a career back in the real world, whereas it's the lack of access to education or marketable skills that's mostly responsible for putting people back in prisons. And it's part of a bigger picture about how, despite the name, prisons aren't actually about corrections, but about punishment and vengeance. So for going directly against what their own name says they should be doing, the Oregon Department of Corrections gets this week's... Idiot Extraordinary! 
Well, that wraps up this Feel the Warm Thrill of Confusion edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Charles Platt. Scaremongering is an age-old political ritual. There are public officials who have benefited by playing up the hacker threat so they can win approval by cracking down on it. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial or derivatives, 4.0 international license. Bogosity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.